Hello and welcome to episode number 106 of The Heart of Teaching. I'm Nathan Rivers and today's episode is entitled Prison. If you know anybody in the community that's making a difference, send us a DM on Instagram. We'll shout them out in an upcoming episode and explain their impact on the community. This week, we'd like to recognize Mr. Rizicki's legendary football coach growing up, Mr. Dave Easley. Thank you for your support and caring for all those that had ever played for you. You were truly one of the best coaches. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on Instagram. The link to do so is available in the episode description. The Heart of Teaching proudly supports Mom Stop the Harm. Now, sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Welcome back to The Heart of Teaching. I'm Dave Ruzicki with my student producer, my great friend Nathan Rivers, and thanks for joining us today. In this episode, I've got a very real conversation with a friend of mine who's a supervisor in a, a federal Canadian prison. And we talk about the harsh reality of prison life and what those young adults who continue to make questionable and bad decisions related to gangs and drugs have to look forward to. This episode is, is actually a follow-up or the second part of our last episode, episode 105, and that was entitled Gangs and Grooming. And that's where I talked about the high school drug culture and, and the gangs that are present in some of the schools. You know, this is not a pleasant topic, but both my friend and I, we're hoping that it will prove to be impactful for all those that are listening, and, and especially for those who are making questionable decisions. So sit back, listen, and learn. Good morning, my friend. I appreciate you coming on today. And uh, this is basically a continuation of the, our last podcast. And that's where we were talking about young adults that were making some questionable decisions related to gangs and drugs. So I've got you on today. And, and again, I appreciate this wholeheartedly. And I know that your words will have an opportunity of making a difference. So what's your role in the prison system? Uh, I'm a correctional officer with the federal correctional system. And so if you're in that, in that uh, position right now, are you involved in the processing of, of the prisoners coming into the facility? I have had some, some times where I'm posted, where I'm helping process people coming in, even if they're just coming in from another institution. The process is when you come from provincial system, it's all the same. You get, come in, we strip you down, right down we give you institutional clothes well, actually we start you off with just coveralls and uh, your basic necessities and then you can later get some jeans but you have to go through a strip before you come to our system you get stripped before when you get to our system uh, you if the drug dog is available you'll get searched by a drug dog as well and any belongings you have will be put stored in effects until they are properly searched. Wow. So once these, uh, once you've got these people in the system, what is a, what is a typical day look like in prison? A uh, typical day with COVID still part of the system right now. Yeah. And the times are, haven't changed, but at seven o'clock, 
approximately 7.30, the lights come on, on the range. Your lights and yourself, that's your business, but the lights on the range come on, and we open your doors. Do they, excuse me, do they, um, is there two people to a cell or one person to a cell? How does that? Uh, federally, it's one person per cell most of the time now. Uh, provincially, usually they double bunk you. Okay. From knowing a couple of provincial officers. Okay. So the lights come on at 7.30, then what happens? Uh, we crack your doors. Right now, you come up the breakfast gets brought up to the unit and each pod, shall we say, or range gets, comes out and gets their breakfast and then goes back on the range. And after that, then they wait for their medication to come up, which shows up at various times in the morning for the first round of medications. And sometimes they get it right. Sometimes. But I won't get into that part. So, um, so when you say medications, you mean obviously there's some people that need medications, but not everyone is medicated, yes. right? Some of the people. Not are. everybody gets medications. Uh, I do notice that in the system, there's a lot of medications that people have sometimes, and it's sometimes dispensed on time where they get it, and we watch where the nurses and an officer watch to make sure you actually take it okay. and don't try and slip it off to the side. Okay. Um, I noticed there is a lot of medications because in there you don't get out for as much as you could in the real world. There is a yard, but it's only limited times that you get it. Uh, so after your medication, then we have a report to work and you, if you have work programs or schooling, they are trying to get people their GED, the grade 12 equivalency. Yes. They do try to educate them. It's a matter of wanting to be educated. Um, so you have your work, your programs and your schooling, which run until from approximately nine 15 till 10 30 they don't have a lot of time in there okay. because then at 11 o'clock they have to go back to their cells for count and they get locked up from 11 o'clock till 12 o'clock after that even if this weekdays after that then uh 12 o'clock lunch and lunch runs them till same process, but runs until approximately 12 till 1 o'clock. And at 1 o'clock, 1.15, it'll be a report to work again. Or programs in school. So let me ask you, so when they're in their cells, what, what are they allowed to have in their cells? Like, what do they do if they're in their cells for an hour, hour and a half? What, they what? have TVs if they bought them, and they can buy stereos, but it has to be through certain suppliers where the government's checked it out yeah so that they can have those things if they can get it uh if they don't have family support from the outside they can rent it off of others and risk losing it but if you risk losing it then you're still going to end up buying it 
Because okay. if it's not on their cell effects, then it's not rightfully theirs. And if somebody does a what's called a card search, then anything that's not theirs can be taken. And people have lost stereos, TVs that belong to others, even video games. Some of them have video games. So, and if you lose it, you're going to end up bowling. Wow. Okay. So they go for lunch, and uh, what happens after that? They go back, as you said, they go back to work or school? Programs during the day. Okay. Yep, program school. Um, at which point uh, they go there from approximately 1.15 till 3.30. And they get, if, they're, if they've been in there a while, they could make up to five fifty a day, I believe, somewhere around there, if they're doing their job. And if they're new and they don't or if they're just getting in trouble constantly with drugs or any other issues, they're not gonna get a raise. So then they get maybe a buck something a day, not sure exactly what they make, but it varies between roughly let's say buck sixty to five sixty somewhere in there. So what can they do There's with them? So they, they, I mean, they're, they're earning nothing, right? But but what can they do with the money once they have it? Are there dispensaries in the prison There's, where they can actually spend spend it and buy things like cigarettes and? No cigarettes allowed. Oh really? No cigarettes in any of the prisons in anywhere in, for federally or in BC. Okay. Cigarettes are banned. They can buy chocolate bars. They can buy pop. They can buy stuff like that. They can get their protein powders and that, but they have to have the money to do that. And that is depends if you have outside support, family support that actually want to help. So this is going to sound like a really silly question, but you're making five bucks, you know, which is which is nothing, but are the the prices of the items reduced as well, or are they like the normal price? Like they're they're a little bit lower because there's no federal taxes on it, so they are a little bit lower. Um, however, with that, they also have to put money in towards their committee, inmate committee, which helps with different things, like helps some of the it pays for their cable vision the committee fund wow. pays for that got it and they put in some money towards room and board nowadays so the more they make the more they take got it which is your typical government system yeah all right so they're working they're doing that um in the afternoon after lunch then what is it happening with them Right now, COVID times, roughly 4.30 is account time. Get locked up till 5 o'clock. You're on your range from 4 o'clock. Like, they're not wandering around during the day at all on the weekdays. They're on their floor. Um, if this was not prior to COVID times, they, if they were working, if they weren't working, they'd be locked in their cell. Right now, there's a little more movement on the floors but they still stay on their own floor during the day they're not to be wandering anywhere without a pass 
Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. The uh, typical day is you have the same friends, same group. You don't hang out with more than it's divided into two groups right now. So you're seeing the same people over and over and over and over. Uh, in the evenings, they have a gym where they can work out. And they have a yard. There's a library and a hobby shop where some of the some of the inmates actually have the hobby shop as their job, where they're making things to sell. Okay. So if they can get it out to sell, then they can get out to sell. And if they make too much, it gets taxed. Wow. So, so what it's is not a money-making system for them. So the recreational time is like limited, or is, is that in the evening? Do they have any recreational yes. time? Okay. During the week, weekdays in the evening, again, uh, since the last couple of years, it's because it's divided into two groups right now at my system. It's limited to, I believe it's two hours, two hours and then two hours. So from six till eight and then, or six till 7.45, I think, and then eight till 9.30. Yeah. That's their, that's their time on a weekday evening. So they don't, and it's a movement time. You get 10 minutes to move. You get a half time to move back or forth, whichever direction they're going. Other than that, wherever you went, you stay. So if you went to the gym or yard, you stay there. Or the hobby to row or the library. Those are the areas you can be. <clears throat> You're not wandering back and forth. You're not going out to hang out with any other groups. This is your group. Um, so when I look at it, I say, how, how do you spend two years of your life or even a year and a half having the same conversations when you have nothing to do, nothing different? Yeah, and your life but is basically controlled every your moment. Your life is 100% controlled. If you like going out for a bike ride, well, that's gone. If you like going swimming, it's gone. If you like the outdoors, it's not there. This isn't the outdoors. You have one yard, and it's not its not even as big as the track. It's a little bit smaller. There is activities you can do, whatever the majority decide, if it's soccer or something like that. You can play soccer. They can even play baseball, but it's decided Everything. for them by the committee or something like that if they're actually having a game what about so in the evening what time is lockdown like what time are lights out 9 30 they are back on the floor uh just trying to recall here 9 30 i think is range lock up yeah so 9 30 till 10 30 they can stay on the range do whatever they want and then after that 10 30 locked up for the night uh, the lights on the hallway go out. If you have a TV or if you have something to do yourself, then you do it. And you're stuck there till, in your cell until uh, 7.30 the next morning. Wow. Visitors, if they want to have visitors, is it only on weekends or it can be on a work weekday as well? 
They can have visits in the evenings on weekdays for approximately an hour because it's different groups. Yes. I don't work in the visits department a lot, but it's an hour, hour and a half, I believe, in the evenings if you can get your visitor in. And they're really pushing for video visits only because if the visitor comes in, there's no touching. It's hands off. There's COVID around still. So they don't really want you touching. Yeah. Um, there is a private family visits where they can actually utilize one of the houses where they purchase the food from the store of our choice and get the food delivered. We check all the food over. It goes into them, they're with them, and they can have a couple days there. However, the risk with that is if you're in there for two days, or even I believe even if you're in there, you're going to be isolating for eight to ten days. I'm not 100% sure what we're at right now in the federal system. but What, what do you mean by that? Like so, so they have their, let's say they have their wife or their family member in there, and when they come yes. out of that, they're in isolation. That's because of COVID? Okay. So they have to go sit on a range where they don't have, aside from if there's somebody else on the isolation range, they can't interact or be in each other's cell because they only get let out one at a time. And the times are the same. Once 10.30, once count time is count time and all that doesn't change. Let's talk about accommodations now. So you've got one, possibly two people, depending on what, facility you're in what you know federal or provincial what a simple simple question beds like tell me about the beds and stuff the beds are uh, steel frame steel bottomed uh single mattress made of should be covered with the uh vinyl coating like wrapped in sealed in vinyl because that's allergy or that's cleanable yeah sanitary uh it's about two inches thick and it you don't move it around it stays affixed the cell is roughly six or eight feet by 10 to 12 feet never really measured but i'd say six by 10 where you have your bed you have a little desk it's all fixed it's all bolted in uh, you have a little, a little metal shelf with a spot, basically a little closet spot where you can put your clothes in, and it's all attached in this little cell. So when you go in, if you have a couple of friends that, and you're not on isolation or anything, so if you have a couple of friends in your cell, the only seating is the toilet the bed or the stool that's at your desk that's attached at your desk so you got a you got a toilet in your cell right obviously correct but you don't have any privacy at all no all cells have windows and anybody can look in even if they look in at the wrong moment and you're busy that's the way it is because we have to check on you at least every hour or so 
Wow. We come in, down, we have to look in every cell, make sure nobody's injured, killed, or otherwise. Wow. All right. So you've now lost all your privacy. You've got um, yep. all of Zero the things. privacy. Yeah. Food. I'm a, I'm a big eater. If I'm um, in, a, in a prison system and I'm hungry, do I get seconds and thirds? Do I eat as much as I want? How does that work? You get... Let me just get rid of something here. Uh, yeah, for food, you get your meal tray. You get one serving. If you're lucky somebody doesn't want their meal and you actually want it, then you can get another one. Other than that, it's whatever you buy off of canteen. The meals there, 90% of the time, are boiling in a bag. It's uh, all done in our kitchen, and we have a, it all, it's all pre-made. They make it, they freeze it, and then they cook it again in the bags. And then they dish it out into serving sizes. And so it's you don't get not, you don't get a choice of what you eat, of course. No, no, it is what you get. You get what is the meal of the day. Wow. So that uh, that whole idea of being able to be in there and people—I've heard people actually say, you know, the food is is you know really good and they take care you you don't see that from your perspective at all <laughs> not anymore back in the day they actually had half decent food it's not good food now they uh they wait for the burger days they they have to other than that they eat what they get if you don't mind your food it's been boiled a few times in a bag cooked cooled Recooked and cooked a third time. Uh, I'm a foodie. I don't like that stuff. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about my lifestyle. You know, all the fresh vegetables and fruit and and uh, those types of things. Those are pretty well gone because it's all, as you said, you know, reheated, recooked, and reboiled. Um, yeah. So you've got people. Obviously, we had talked before we went on mic and. Again, the whole purpose of this is to, to try and show some young adults that may be heading in the wrong direction, what they have to look yes. forward to. So when you see young people who are coming in that are maybe 19 and 20 and they didn't get the message from those people that were trying to you know, give them some, some good advice, um, what's the biggest challenge you see young people coming into the prison system? What are some of their challenges with regard to what they're facing? to the prison life uh, if you're young and weak staying safe not being take it, it not being one that's pulled aside to be the drug mule or hold the stuff for them not being and there is predators in there that do prey on the young weaker people and so define weak when you say leave. When you say weak, are you talking about like mentally weak or physically or both or what's the... Uh, mostly both. Because if you're not mentally strong enough and physically strong enough, they will manipulate you. And there is, like I said, there's predators in there that I've 
can't confirm, but I know they've what they are doing with some of these young kids that are not altogether mentally strong enough to say go away, or and they make them believe that they're they need them. So yeah, so I've seen it on some of our units. So these kids will be right, when okay. they get in there and they're used to a different lifestyle. They come in and and uh, they're taken yes. under the wing by some of these older established prisoners, and they're uh, they're protected. Is that what they do? The whole thing is to protect them, make sure that they're safe. They they they, they make them think they're getting protected, but they're not. They make them believe that you're new to this. You look after me, I'll look after you. But when push comes to shove, they don't care. They couldn't care less. There is no real protection in a prison. It's very rare that anybody will even stand up for one another. I have seen it where one guy, one one inmate was surrounded by four or five people with knives and a couple others came in there. But for the most part, it's as much as the... There's some friendships in there. They're they're not going to get involved. They're not going to take wow. a knife for you. Yeah, no. So they won't even. Yeah, friendship stops at the uh, with the violence, and there is no no real protection for the most part. So you're saying that some of these young people will go in there. They'll obviously be abused. They'll be beaten. Uh, Rape you can as be well. abused. You can be. It it has happened. Yes, it has happened. Some of these young people think there's something, and they chirp off the wrong person, not knowing who they're talking to. Then you can get up with violence really quickly. Or if you have, if they want you to hold their stuff because they're always on the radar, then. If you don't hold their stuff, and it, they will, they will make sure you do it. Wow. You will hold their stuff. It's not, it's not the lifestyle that you or I would adapt to easily. So I would imagine you've seen some pretty bad stuff, having been in that system for a number of years, right? Is there any, is there any one thing that stood out for you when you've seen and you've gone, oh my God, like what? what what is happening here i've been in situations where it was things were about to boil over the inmates wanted to riot they we got we managed to avert that but i've been in situations where i've had inmates stabbed multiple times uh i've went in after and on a hospital escort after someone was Back in the day when they had gas stored on site, they tried um, barbecuing somebody, basically. What the hell? Uh, yeah, it, there's no respect for human life in there. It's very hard to come by. Um, I also go into overdoses. They have this new stuff, Spice, a synthetic drug. And it's, they get it into a liquid and then put it on paper so you can't find it. It's 
a different system and the overdosing on spice is not anything you can counter like narcan doesn't do anything unless it's an opioid uh this is all synthetics and they're even lacing it with hallucinogenics so it's a different it's a whole new system in there it's not the stuff that you're you may think you're buying they will if they can slip something in that to make it more potent more addicting then they will oh, wow you hear about rehabilitation i mean there's there's that word again but if we're getting real do you see a lot of rehabilitation a lot of opportunity for these people to come out the right side once they're in i've seen a few go out and not come back i've also seen a few go out and not able to come back because they upset somebody either in the prison or out on the street and this is where your gang killings are happening you're it's it's not the same gangs from back in the day now it's just they'll kill for any reason and if you want to be a big player in the gang system from what i see is you better be ready to shoot somebody to become a, a big player and then face the consequences and not say anything when you get caught because if you start talking then you either have to go into a witness protection program or you end up killed if you talk. So it's not the life you want. That's not the life I would want anybody to be in. Wow. So the opportunities for rehabilitation in the current system isn't looking uh, really great, is it? In the current system, they try to get you programming And they try to help you with your education so you can get a job, but there's not a lot of good opportunities out there for work if you have this criminal record anyways. So it's a bit of a catch there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You you hear different religious groups talk about hell and and heaven. Well, the term hell on earth kind of exists, doesn't it? And you, you happen to be one of the people that sort of guards the, the gates in a sense, because it, that sounds like hell to me. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, I, uh, seen Harry Potter and just the, uh, as just when I'm going even to work, I just know that those dementors are hovering over the institution and they just suck the soul out of you. And it happens to me too. Wow. Well, if you were going to give advice, because I'm in the high schools, I'm teaching and I'm coaching and we're both aware that out in the systems, it's unfortunate, but you're going to gangs and drug culture are present. What are, uh, what are some words that you'd like to, uh, you know, delivered to some of the young adults that are still making questionable decisions. What would you like to tell them? Uh, seek out people like you. I'm seeked out in the institution. Uh, I'm a safe person to talk to in the institution. I'm one of the few that they can go to and talk to without 
getting uh, static from other inmates because I'm always open and I I just do what I have to do and they know if they have to tell me something that their name is protected by me. I won't. I will take a lot of heat before I ever give up names. But if there's something about to happen, like you, if you know something's happening, you deal. Just find somebody like that out there and stick with them. Talk to them. Be open with them. And just the gangs today don't care. Yeah. The gangs today are shooting each other. There's no respect. Respect isn't something that gangs have. There's gangs out there that tell you that this is your family and this is your priority. There's been gangs that have killed other gang members because they wanted to go spend time with their girlfriend instead of being at a meeting. It's it's where it's at with the gangs today. Well, that is your family. Just so know that if you get into the gangs, that's your family. And they come first, whether you want it or not. Those are uh, the words that you've just talked about in, in our uh, talk are pretty, uh, pretty impactful. Pretty impactful. I, if I can help one person in my job stay out to help, I've had some come back and hide their heads because they were going to stay out. And it doesn't take a lot when you get out. If you, even if you're doing most of it right, if you get if you run into one friend that was a gang member or known to police, you can end up back. Parole isn't easy. So when they come back, even if it's a minor violation, they're coming back and they have to go through the whole system again. Yeah. And it's not an easy cycle to break. It's a hard cycle. So the the lessons is the lessons that you're suggesting and so many other people are suggesting as well. Try and find somebody who's going to give you some direction and support. Stick with those people. Listen to the good people. And most, I think most young adults know the difference between who's good and who's not. And they just have to make the right decisions, hopefully. And, and um, you know, not if you're find... asked to carry, yeah. If you're asked to carry, you're just a mule. Yeah. You're nothing but a mule for them. They don't care about you. Stick with the people that actually care. Yeah. And as Find you somebody. And as you said, you know, I, I'm not sure how many people are going to actually listen to this episode. But the reality is, as you said, with the people in the prison system, if we can, um, if we can impact one person, one one student, one kid, somebody, that's uh, that's all we can hope for. Then it's a win-win. That's all we can hope for. Yeah. Uh, if I can. When I can impact one person and make a difference, I've done what I want to do, which is all I can ask for. Just keep one person out of trouble, change their lives, change their direction, and hopefully they pass that on to another person. And pay it forward. Just keep, yeah, pay it forward. Pay it forward. You know what? I know this was difficult for you. It's not a, a pleasant conversation, but I think it's a conversation that needed to happen. It's a very real conversation. So I want to thank you for this. I want you to take you for taking time on a Saturday and speaking with me in hopes that 
you know, you can make a difference. I, I really appreciate that. All right. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Dave. You take care. I'd like to thank my friend once again for taking the time to speak with me. Now, obviously, I can't give you his name for his own security and safety reasons. And that was certainly a sobering discussion. But we're both hoping that some young adults didn't just hear the words, but more importantly, listen to the words. Because when you choose to make bad decisions, as in life, there's always going to be consequences. And the consequences of drugs, gangs, and crime is either incarceration, it's prison, or death. Now, I had an uncle who's since passed, and he worked in corrections years ago. And I'll never forget his words. I'll never forget him telling me that, David, there are some things that are worse than death. And one of them is prison. So, if you're going down this path, are you really prepared to lose all the things that you care about as a result of your decisions and going to prison? Are you prepared to lose your friends, and your family, your freedom, your lifestyle, your dignity, your self-respect, your reputation, and quite possibly your life. Think about your decisions. If you're involved in bad stuff with bad people, you know how this story is eventually going to end. Get out. Stop it. Reach out. and Reach out for help. Honestly, from what you've just heard today, once again, your life may well depend on it. This is Dave Rizicki with Nathan Rivers. Thank you so much for joining us. So please take care, be well, and as always, peace.